Oh, someone's at my front door. Oh, oh that's my pizza oven. <laughs> they need a signature? Uh, nope. <laughs> you get a notification every it time. It is. Look at that poor girl carrying that big old box. She's probably going to drop it. Oh, just threw it on the ground. Did she really? Yeah. <laughs> shot at her. And then smacked my front door. Can you talk it through your speakers? Like, yeah. be careful. Yeah, <laughs> I could have. I mean, she went so fast. <laughs> I think that's what Paul means in Philippians when he's talking about, like, I've learned to be content in all things. And uh, mm-hmm. he says in 4.11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned that in whatever situation I'm to be content. I know I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. We're glad you were able to join us today. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church and is brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Our goal together is to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Today we want to uh, turn our attention on our episode today back to a book that we have taken a break from, but we're coming back to this week, um, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. We want to focus today upon letter 15 and walk through that, talk about it, um, some of the ideas Lewis communicates there through this book, and uh, apply it and uh, just just flesh out some of these ideas um, that he brings up there. Uh, sitting around the table with me today is Matt Bates, music and media pastor, Scott Slater, family pastor, Tim Michelangeli, lead pastor here at the church, and my name is Spencer Snow. I'm the discipleship pastor here at MMBC. Okay, gentlemen, um, we're turning to letter 15 today in the Screw Tape letters, and refresher screw tape is the uncle writing to his demon tempter nephew wormwood in this fictional uh, account of of letters that are being written by screw tape to wormwood about how to tempt and lead astray this this christian that that wormwood has been assigned to um supposedly and uh letter 15 opens up and it's talking this week upon how he wants wormwood to cause the man to focus uh, disproportionately and in a, in a wrong way upon the future instead of uh, focusing upon the present that he, the present uh, right now that he's living in and upon eternity, he wants to make this, this man focus upon the future. He opens up the letter here and writes, My dear Wormwood, I had noticed, of course, that the humans were having a lull in their European war. Of course, this is talking about World War II, what they naively call the war. And I'm not surprised that there is a corresponding lull in the patient's anxieties. Do we want to encourage this or to keep him worried? Tortured fear and stupid confidence are both desirable states of mind. Our choice between them raises important questions. So right away, he writes and says, we are talking about the war. They're in the middle of World War II, which I can only imagine must have been um, mm-hmm. quite the the experience yeah. um, to to live through, especially if you're in Britain, where yeah. Lewis was, because they were experiencing actual bombings yeah. from, uh, the, from the German uh, military. 
And so he says they're calling it the war, and there's a lull going on, so it's not as bad right now. And so he's asking whether or not we want him to um, have be afraid of the future or to have too much confidence in the future. And this leads him to focus upon the fact that we want him to focus upon the future wrongly. Um, what do you guys think about that before we dive into, into more specifics? Do you see people that become either overly confident or imprisoned uh, or bound with fear as they think about the future? And how have, have you seen people that this has affected them in one way or the other? Oh, I think it's huge. I mean, even just with anxieties and depression and all these different things, a lot of times, I mean, I've seen it where it's focused on the past, maybe past things that have happened or whatever. Uh, but a lot of it is future oriented, you know, of fears of, I think I'm going to lose my job. And, you know, if I lose my job, I'm going to lose my house. And then where are we going to live? Right. And they can get lost in this train of thought um, or whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, you see a lot of panic about, or I see single people panic about, am I ever going to get married? Am I ever going to do this? You know, is this ever going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. And they're just so focused on this future thing. Uh, that it causes them really a lot of strife and anguish. And even it gets to where it's like physically affecting them. Mm -hmm. They're having to start taking medicine for stomach problems and issues all mm -hmm. over just anxieties that are happening. So it's very prevalent in our day and age. I mean, very much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, and also not simply anxiety, but there can be a, a confidence that happens. Right, as we look to the future, that can be a... Yeah, right now, I don't sure. think that's the temptation too much. Right, but no, on the but, flip side, you're right. There's people who uh, I've seen were pretty financially stable, right? Had a pretty good job. I mean, if you go back to like, when was it, 2008? Mm -hmm. Was that the last... Great right? recession. Yeah. yeah. I remember that time, you know, and people who were pretty financially stable all of a sudden weren't. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden things just turn. They yeah. took a dramatic turn. And all of a sudden people are like, I'm going to lose my house. You know, I'm going to have to walk away from this. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, you got a house with an interest rate of this or you shouldn't have got a house that big. Right? There wasn't this mm -hmm. proper planning and proper mm -hmm. preparing or, you know, you lived your life 100 percent based off of overtime. Mm -hmm. And now overtime's not there, yeah. right? It's not available. That in the stock market. Yep. You know? Yeah. Things like that. It just <laughs> it just fell out. And, Can't sell it now. Right. 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 <laughs> So yeah, exactly what you were saying, Spencer. I mean, it was the opposite. It was they. There was too much faith in the right. future, mm -hmm. right? And just like that, I mean, yeah. it was gone. <laughs> it went away, right? Yeah. Was, what what uh, overconfidence leads mm -hmm. to under planning? Yeah. <laughs> that, right. Yeah, sure. Basically, right. Kind of the premise there. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And it shows all of us. We really our fear. Our um, excuse me. Our 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 knowledge of the future. Um, we, we start trying to play God mm -hmm. because only God knows the future, but we want access somehow into that. And you'll often hear people too, I think, sincerely want to know. And this is, this is a, uh, a primal human instinct that we want to know what is going to happen in the future. And we want to know how we ought to react to that. Mm. This is why people would, in the past, embrace various forms of pagan religions, because they wanted to know what was going to happen in the future and what the God's or God's will was mm. for them and how they should behave and what they should do right now in, in response to that. And so there is a, there is, it's, there's an understandable, I think, um, desire to want to know that. But our God tells us that we can't know that and really... 
uh, our our role in planning for that is is there's a certain role we have, but it's limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because ultimately he's in charge of of the future, mm-hmm. and, and we are not. Yeah. Uh, he says here that he wants that uh, he he focuses then in the beginning of the next paragraph there he starts talking about how God wants um, his people and and us as as mankind to attend chiefly to two things he writes to eternity and to the present. God wants us to focus upon the eternal state, the eternal things. So whether or not we're going to spend an eternity with him in heaven or hell, he wants us to think about um, those kinds of things about and meditate upon who he is in his eternality, in his infinite, in infinite being. And he wants us to think about what our responsibility is right now. Those are the two things that God primarily mm-hmm. wants us to focus upon. He writes there, he says, of the present moment and of it only, humans have an experience analogous to the experience which our enemy, talking about God, has of reality as a whole. In it alone, in the present, he's saying, freedom and actuality are offered them. So only in the present can I actually... Uh, do I have, in a sense, the within God's assigned sphere, freedom to act? Mm. Only now can I do stuff. I can't go back to the past, and I can't blast forward to the future. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm since I'm not God, I can only act now mm-hmm. in the present, and that's what he's saying. Is God wants us to um, focus upon <laughs> the present, and and actually in the in the present, I not only have freedom, and he says actuality. So it's not simply. Right now, I can actually uh, live in light of who God is and what he's told me to do. It's not like I'm simply thinking about what could be, but right now I have the opportunity to do what I what I can right now. I have the opportunity yeah. not simply to be potential or what's possible, but to do hmm. what the Lord has for me right now. Now, um, and, uh, and th- those are interesting thoughts, uh, interesting uh, reflections, I think, that Lewis gives us um, about the power of the present. What do you think about the connection he draws between the present and eternity? He says the present is the point at right, which yeah. time touches eternity. What do you think about that? I mean, that's big thoughts, but... Well, I mean, from a Christian perspective, like he goes on to say, <clears throat> eternity, he's thinking about us thinking about our relationship with God or... Um, you know, our union with him, our relationship with him. But then also when we view it in terms of other people, it kind of goes along with the sermons that we've been doing mm-hmm. where we're viewing people eternally as well, mm-hmm. right? And so we're thinking about their relationship with him and are they reconciled to him? Do they ever, and, and so it starts to change the way we view our, our work for the day even and our motivations for the day because we're thinking with an eternal mindset, but we're right. doing it present. Presently, right. Right. right in this in this right. moment, uh, and so that's that connection yeah. for us as as believers that we're that we should be working on and, and thinking about yeah. all the time. And it makes it makes a lot of sense, you know. I like mm. how you said I can't go back in time and change things, right? And I can't shoot to the future and change things. That's been mm. one of the hardest things of this whole COVID thing is we've had no answers. And it's like feels impossible to plan and prepare. And we literally were forced to live in the moment. Yeah. Like people, you know, well, what are we going to do in March? I don't know. Like right. I don't right. have the right to plan that right, <laughs> right. now. I can't even prepare. All I can do is live today. Right. And, 
it's funny how uncomfortable that feels mm. right. for us because I do think it's foreign to us to live in the present. Mm-hmm. We're always thinking about the future and trying to plan ahead and, you know, think about these things. Um, I know I, I get that way mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you mentioned, I don't know if you did it while talking on the podcast or if it was before, but like with Jesus, Jesus talks about this in Matthew about mm-hmm. worrying about tomorrow. Don't do right. that. Right. Today's right. tough enough, basically. Right. 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 <laughs> Focus on today. Right. But still, we struggle with that. Yeah. Right. From the point we were in like middle school, high school, like it's been taught to us, you need to start thinking about your future. Yeah. You know? Oh, like they man, push yeah. that so hard. Like, what are you going to do the rest of your life? Oh, the school. Yeah. You're right, man. The, the public school system, I, I guess I shouldn't say public, just school, schooling yeah. in general. I think parents are this way with their kids. The weight we put on kids, yeah. you know, you hear eighth graders like, can right enter high school. And yeah. If I mess up that first marking period, probably going to live under a bridge, man. I mean, that's just, <laughs> right? just how it is, you know? Right. <laughs> Got to get good grades so I can get a good college, so I can get a good job. Yeah, like. man. Juniors and seniors, like, what am I going to do with my life? I got to choose right now. And, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. yeah, we put a lot of stress on people mm. about stuff that, mm. which, is, which is funny because I know very few people who got a degree in anything they actually do currently. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> they went right, off to school yeah, and no. got a degree, and now they're doing yeah, something totally sure. different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, sure. and they're fine. It's like in there, yeah, they're, they're fine. Well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess my mind went uh, going back to like the present and eternal. Is eventually our present is going to be eternal with God? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So even though, uh, and I'm talking about like for eternity, and you know, in in uh, in heaven glorified Mm -hmm. with with christ and god um but like if we're thinking about the things earthly here like our career our wealth our you know i guess i can say family our you know all the material things here in in our present now eventually will end and they will you know dissolve they will fall into Mm -hmm. pieces basically and you know christ will make a new heaven and a new mm-hmm. earth. Right. <clears throat> right. So if, if we're being present eternally, thinking about what eternity will be like with God, then that is always going to be our present. Does that make sense? Uh, this is kind of hard to describe. Well, I mean, they're terrible at describing things. There's a weird, we talked about this just recently too, how we live in the present, but the not yet, you know, the reality of um, when Christ saves us, essentially, we are heaven bound or we are in his kingdom, but yet we don't see that yeah. fully yet. Yeah. And so we live in this time of yeah. now, but not yet. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, well, you, yeah you said that uh, Sunday with yesterday with uh, reconciling. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we are reconciled now, but, but there is also a coming reconciling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a coming when we will be, we will see it, right? Yeah. And it'll be fully, right. it'll be fully known. Paul yeah. would talk about yeah. in Corinthians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's an interesting balance. Yeah. I mean, I think what you were exploring there for a second, Matt, the, when he says that the point of connection between us and God is the present and eternity is, that's because God experiences every moment throughout eternity as a present. Yeah. In yeah. that sense. Yeah. And so yeah. God doesn't think in terms of the future or the past. Right. They are future and past in relation to us. Right. But he acts in his mm-hmm. present. Right. Mm-hmm. As existing outside of time. Right. Mm-hmm. Which and is so, all the time. Yes, which all is our time. time. Yeah, which is all of our time. But we can only act 
in the present mm, moment. Right. And so that's, I think that's the connection mm, he was yeah. making. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And it makes a lot of sense of like how many people do we know? I mean, how many people do we minister to on a regular basis as pastors who are either just completely broken over something that happened in the past mm. and they can't move beyond that mm-hmm. and, or they are gripped by fear of yeah. what's going to happen in the future yeah. when what we all the time, I think, are trying to get them to do and to focus on is, I can't tell you what's going to happen in the future, but I can tell you what you can do right now. Right. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah, that was the sure. past, but there, you're in now. You need to focus on now. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, we, mm. we deal with that every day. And so in a sense, it's like as pastors, we're trying to call people's attention to the present or to eternity. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. All of God's commands and all of God's promises <laughs> are for the present. Mm hmm. Mm hmm to be received right now. Uh, we may experience them in the future, but we believe them right now, or we or we obey or disobey them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good, yeah, because God doesn't experience time as a sequence like right. we do. Yeah. He, uh, he is eternity. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 it is impossible for me to act, go back and, and act in the past tense or in the present or in the future tense. Mm-hmm. I can only do things now. Um, uh, and I think that is one of the things too, is that, um, the, the writer of the, uh, the preacher in Ecclesiastes kind of is saying similar things too. Mm-hmm. the idea in a lot of ways is just, um, and I've heard it said uh, on a podcast we listened to, actually, I think they said about the theme of it is kind of like curb your enthusiasm, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. curb your enthusiasm. Life is not going to be as great maybe as you think in the future, but it's also not going to be so tragic in the future, you know, God is in control of this. And so you just need to obey right now. That's why the, the writer in Ecclesiastes will say, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might because your days are limited here. Live now, love your wife, love your kids, do your work well because you can't go and change the past. You can't go forward and change the future. You can only do what you can do right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I think that's, I, I heard a quote also recently, um, this was not from a Christian guy, but he had thrown a quote up, or he mentioned a quote and said, basically, how you spend your days is how you live your life. Mm-hmm. So, because sometimes we're so worried about what is my life going to look like? Yeah. Well, the it, that your life is simply the collection of how you've lived each individual day. So instead, I just need to focus on living right now. Mm-hmm on this day of the week. And then tomorrow I'll live that day of the week. And then at the end of that, then I will have spent my life doing it well. But if you're so obsessed with living your life well, looking at the whole thing and not focusing upon the present day's labors and duties, um, you know, it's like, I want to be a great father, but the first thing I've got to do is love my wife right now, this hour, if I want to be a great father or a great husband. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't just talk about it or dream about it in five years. I'm going to be so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. this may be off topic a little bit in that first paragraph that you read, you know, it just jumps out to me how fickle we are in our worries of the future mm-hmm. or thinking of the past and how it can just change. You know, this guy, they're in the middle of world war two and there's a little law in the war, and all of a sudden this guy's just like, huh, not really concerned about it then anymore. Right. <laughs> right. How dumb. Like, I mean, we right. look back that and like, you should have been. It was going to get worse, you <laughs> right. know. Um, but how maybe we can do that in our own lives and we can think back to a time when maybe 
you were really stressed, you know, about something in the future. Mm-hmm. And it panned out to not be much anything. Right. And yeah. you stressed for like no really good reason. Yeah. Um, and if you could go back to that self and be like, calm down, mm-hmm. you probably still wouldn't have listened to yourself even. Right. Um, or times where you were not willing to prepare, you were like, it's going to be okay. And then it came up and it was, you weren't, you weren't ready. You weren't prepared for mm-hmm. it. And it bit you. Right. We're just so fickle. And I think we forget about that sometimes about ourselves of mm-hmm. how weak and dumb we really right. are. <laughs> and when we right. say trust in God and his plan and his sovereignty, we're not, we're not appealing to, a, to weakness. Like just be weak and just trust him. You know, right. no, we're actually saying, this is the smartest thing to do. Yeah. The Bible gives us the smartest thing to do, and it is to trust in Him because right. He actually knows everything. He has this plan, right. and you can't control it. I mean, you right. don't have much say yeah. in what is going to happen. And what, like this guy in the war, he didn't have much say in what was going to go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about he's living in Britain and they're bombing. <clears throat> he has no say in what they bomb, yeah. you know, and <laughs> how safe he right. is. Right. And, uh, Oh, that just kind of jumped yeah. out at me. And while we've been right. talking about this, just mm-hmm. how fickle we can be with that stuff. Yeah. I think the most uh, fearful thing for us as humans is the fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. you know, and just not <laughs> not knowing what's going to happen. And that's really where all our anxieties are mm-hmm. as well. Because if you're always thinking about the outcomes of things, then you're never going to be in the present. Right. And you're never going to think about what I need to be doing now. You're always going to be, you know, analyzing Okay, if this happens, then this is going to happen. Then I'm going to have to do this. Right. Or and if this this happens, then I got to do this. Sure. And then sure. this will happen. And then you know, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're sh- snowballing. You're also yeah. And so you're starting to try to play God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you're trying yeah. to be the one who's in control of yep, providence. Yep, exactly. You're trying to decree the future. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right? And that's a burden you can't bear. Yeah. And then, um, I I also had a thought that ties in this. You can you can have that same result if you're overconfident mm. and you're and you're saying I'm going to do this because I know that I can right and that becomes like the the main your ambition mm-hmm. and then when that doesn't happen right. and you're not able to do it it causes you know a, right. a spiral as well sure so like <laughs> the verse just popped in my head uh, I, I'm probably gonna misquote it um, but I think it's in the Psalms that that man plans his steps but God. Yeah. Guides right. his path. Is right. that what it is? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, we can we can plan all the steps that sure. we want, but the path sure. might go this way, right? You know, right? And that's where, yeah, I mean, but that that is where the sovereignty of God comes yeah. into play, right? If God has a plan, if God's the one who's decreed it all, it's gonna happen. Yeah, and that doesn't actually deter me from working. It actually makes me live in the present. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only time I can yeah. live. I'm not trying yeah. to be. Remember, David says in the Psalms, "I don't try to. I don't. Um, I don't try to get things that are too great for me." Basically, it's in one of the later Psalms where it's Psalm like 130 or 131 or something. He says, "I'm like a weaned child. Hmm. I'm I'm submissive now. I don't try to go to things way above my head. Hmm. I submit to you, hmm. um, and I'm and I'm humble about my capacities as a person. Yeah, I'm limited. Yeah." I was just, as we've been talking, I've just been thinking about like a lot of these things, like Tim, you even connected it to people who are single that don't want to be, mm-hmm. you know, or I could even think of like parent or, or a married couple that wants to be parents, but yeah, they're, right. they're not, right? Yeah. And, um, and just how difficult it is to 
tell somebody in those situations to not worry about the future or to not, mm-hmm. uh, to not let that plague you. But I think that's where the role of, of Christian contentment comes into play with the way that we think about the future and also the past of, of, um, just your ability to be content with what God has given you. Like not just about parenting or relationships, but also financially or a difficult situation coming up in your job and just being able to stay focused on the present. I think that's what Paul means in Philippians when he's talking about, like, I've learned to be content in all things. Mm. And uh, Mm -hmm. he says in 4.11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned that in whatever situation I'm to be content, I know... I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, right? That, that verse that we know gets taken out of context yeah. all the time. I think what he's talking about there is I am content because Christ strengthens me mm-hmm. in the difficult situations, but also yeah. in yeah. the good times. And yeah. so I think that that passage is just relevant to what we're talking about. In terms of living in the present, because mm-hmm. yep. um, I think that's kind of what he's talking <laughs> about there. He's yeah. living in the present. Mm. Yeah, and, and one of the things too is this is what the uh, false gospels of the world try to tell us is that by changing things in your present right now, you can manipulate the future to mm. be one of just prosperity. Mm-hmm. And but the gospel teaches us that God's already decreed the future. It's my job to trust Him no matter what, and to know that His promises will be worked out. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not yeah. like I can just uh, manipulate mm-hmm. or decree or speak into existence my own future. Um, <laughs> I think about the things I've missed out on by this principle, which is it's not very spiritually minded. I mean, I'm not going to some crazy, but like it's hard for me to ever enjoy a vacation. And the reason is I know it's ending. I know that doesn't make sense, but like, you know, you arrive somewhere on Monday. And you know you're leaving Friday. Mm-hmm. And Monday, you know, you get there and it's kind of hectic or whatever. And you settle down. And on Tuesday, maybe you're enjoying yourself. But for me, in the back of my mind, I'm like, Friday, Friday's coming. Like, it's already <laughs> coming. And I'm going to have to go, you know, and I'm going to have to do this when I get home. And then, you know, your vacation goes by and you, like, missed it because you're just thinking about right. what was right. what was coming, yeah. you know, or... With kids, you know, I've always told by everybody older than me, mm-hmm. enjoy this time, enjoy this time. I'm always trying to remind myself of that, mm-hmm. to enjoy this time. But yet, it's hard because you're always focusing on next, you know, what's what's next and getting prepared for that or being ready for that and thinking about it instead of just being in the moment and enjoying enjoying the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. it's. I mean, it's as simple as like, I don't really like doing stuff on Saturday night. Because all I think about is Sunday morning, yeah. like what I have to do in the task. And so I can't really enjoy Saturday night if it's mm-hmm. just watching a movie or having friends over or whatever. It's like, no, I'm too too stressed about what's going to happen the next day. And that's kind of ridiculous, really, uh, to be that way yeah. and to think like that instead of being present in the in the moment, you know. Thanks, I needed that. That's every Saturday afternoon for me. <laughs> yeah, it's just and it's and it's really ridiculous cuz I mean 
even if I slept in and didn't show up, things would go fine. I mean, yeah, it'd be fine. Spencer, we'll, you're up. We'll try that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try that sometime. I don't know. I'm just going to pipe Pastor Tim in from his bed. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys, I think I, I, think I have COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be here it's today. Good <laughs> uh, I don't know. Mate. I'm yeah. glad you feel that way, but yeah. I'm, I just, yeah. I struggle with that. And I know, again, it's not some big spiritual thing or yeah. I'm not suffering with anxiety and things, but right. just. It's hard to right. enjoy right. stuff. You right. Know? Yeah. right. One of the things Lewis says here, um, let's talk about this. He says, it is far better to make them live in the future. Biological necessity makes all their passions point in that direction already, so that thought about the future inflames hope and fear. Also, it is unknown to them, so that in making them think about it, we make them think of unrealities. In a word, the future is, of all things, the least like eternity. So eternity is real, substantial, actual. The future hasn't happened, at least as we've experienced mm-hmm. it. And we're making a bunch of things up in our heads that probably are not going to happen. None of them are going to happen the exact sure. way we know they're going to happen. Yeah. Um, so they're unknown, and therefore they're unrealities. They're not truths. And so he says that we need to... Um, help them to focus and fix their affections on the future. And he says this, hence nearly all vices, all sins are rooted in the future. And he says, whenever we make people look forward, we're actually helping them to sin because they'll look to the future and they'll either have fear or avarice or lust or ambition. And they're, they're wanting to, to, to sin in the future. And so then they, they look forward in that way. Um, uh, what do you think about that? Any I think thoughts? we see this. I mean, when I hear that, the first thing I think about is parenting and bad parenting. Because as parents, we think about our children's future. And forever, the motto kind of in raising kids was, you want your kids to be better off than you. That's like what the motto was. That was mm-hmm. the goal for parenting. And you were willing to sacrifice a lot of things for that. And sadly, for a lot of people, that included... um mental health, spiritual health, and emotional health of your kids. Because you just were thinking about, for most part, financial health, um, fame, you know, these different types of security, these different types of things. And so still to this day, I think a lot of parents, and I feel it too, have this struggle with that, where you want your kids to be liked. You know, you don't want them to be shunned by people at school or whatever. You want want them to be included. You want them to get good grades. You want them to go to a good school. You want to have money for that, right? You don't want them to be broke, maybe necessarily. You want Mm -hmm. them to get a good job. And so all of a sudden that starts to become your vision for your kids, and that becomes your focus. And we push out other things. We push out maybe valuable family time that they're not having. You know, we push out um, God's Word. We don't take the time to invest in our children to disciple them, to evangelize to them, to take them to the church and show them the importance of being a part of a church family and being a good member of a church, right? We just, because these other worries, these other worries come into play and we think, you know, maybe later in life they can go back to church or whatever, you know, they, they're, they're going to go to school and do this. It's just what they do. And then they'll come. No, that's not a good thing. And, it's, I think it's where we've seen this. We're, we're willing to sin to try to avert the future, mm-hmm. change the f- future, or force the future into something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, sadly, I think there's a lot of parents who sit in pews of churches, I'm not just saying ours, but in churches all over, who wonder, where are my kids at? 
Like my kids don't come to church. Why? Well, it's because you've trained them that other things are more important. Mm -hmm. And they saw that sin in your life and they're now following it. Mm. You know, um, I think this is very prevalent. I guess in a sense, the very first sin was even some, I mean, I don't want to force it, but it was kind of like that because the idea was is that uh, you can change your future from your present situation by disobeying God. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So instead of just focusing upon right now, knowing that the Lord's told me not to eat of that tree, and he's told me he's my father and he loves me and he's going to take care of me, I'm going to change my future and I'll sin. And that's what we mm. so often do in different forms um, in our lives. But at the same time, we don't want to say that there's no sense in which in the present we shouldn't plan for tomorrow because one of the things... Um, so, for instance, as parents... We are called to have um, some level of care for the future generations to come after us. Yeah. So we're to understand, at least, that our actions today are going to have, um, this is the way God has decreed it to work usually, is that what I do today is going to impact succeeding generations. Yeah. Um, so we know that, and also that's going to impact... Um, uh, any number of things in the future. So we do have a duty, as, as Lewis here writes out, he says um, that we uh, it is, is necessary for now, pl- he said, I'll go back, to be sure the enemy, talking about God, wants men to think of the future too, just so much as is necessary for now planning the acts of justice or charity, which will probably be their duty tomorrow. The duty of planning the morrow's work is today's duty. So he says that we we do have a responsibility to do some level of planning, um, but sure. I guess we do that in humility, don't we? Knowing, yeah, I mean, you do it with an understanding that it could all change, right? right. I mean, this isn't my security, this isn't my foundation. So, like, we have savings accounts for our children that we put money in, or we have right. them put money in, you know. And well, Dad, why can't I spend all my birthday money on this? Well, because you need to save some for the future. Sure. Right. Because do you want to drive one day, you know, or do you want this? You know, that, yeah. that could be coming. And so you train your kids in that way. We as parents do the same, the same thing, right? You have a, well, you should have a will or something along those lines, thinking about the future and, mm-hmm. and planning. Those are, those are good things, but you have to do it with an understanding that there's only one promise of the future. Mm-hmm. And that is Christ is coming back. Right. And there's going to be a day of judgment. Like, as Christians, that's the only future thing we really have to hold on to. We know that that is going to happen. We don't know when. We don't know all the hows, right? We don't know all this stuff. But we know that's going to happen. And so if there's anything we really should be planning for is the thing we know is going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, we can still plan for, well, this might happen and we want to be ready in case it does. But if that starts to paralyze us, if that starts to become our main focus, all these other things, then... sure. Then we've lost focus as Christians and right. and screw tape and worm whatever. We've also want. we've also got too much confidence in ourselves. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I can actually impact the future that much. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. You know, yeah. like I, mm-hmm. I, you know, the song uh, off the sound of music. I have confidence in me. You know that song. I've never seen sound sing of music, it. so never seen it. Never mind. I want to sing it. Matt knows it. That's why he wants me to sing it. I can see it in his eyes. 
Um, so I don't guys, know the titles of the songs. If you uh, sing it, I, don't I know have it. confidence. Don't mm-hmm. sing it. Okay. We'd, yeah. Never mind. Uh, come on. Was, <laughs> ne- never mind. No, he was gonna. No. He was getting ready. No, I know. I'm thinking I about the I was future. thinking about the future <laughs> of this podcast. I am, and, like, and so am I. Um, so he says, and this what future? <laughs> this made me think about. You sing really well. This made me think about the because politics is so much on people's minds. But this made me think about, this makes you think about politics where he says, we want a man hag ridden by the future, haunted by visions of an imminent heaven or hell upon earth. Hmm. And I think about how many people on either side of the political aisle are haunted by visions of either an imminent hell or an imminent heaven to mm. break forth upon the earth. <laughs> and they are so hag ridden by that. They are mm. worn to pieces, worrying and thinking and reading news mm-hmm. um, about the, about what they think is going to help them plan for the future mm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's a good warning that, that's what. Uh, that's not God's will for our life is to be so worn out by mm-hmm. the future. Because um, again, it's a balance, right? I mean, right. You're not saying don't pay attention to politics, don't right. vote. Like, no, we would say, yeah, do those things and be educated and and know these things. We're not. We're not saying that, um, right? You you do prepare, and that's not what's being said here right. in this chapter, right? But it can overtake you. Yeah. I mean, we just know, just like other things in life. I mean, hobbies can overtake somebody mm-hmm. and it becomes bad. Are hobbies bad? No, they're good blessings right. that God gives us different right. things. My you know? wife loves Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Does she? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a good place. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I don't go in there that much, but okay. <laughs> sure. But you know what I'm getting at, yeah. right? It's this yeah. balance of a life of understanding our life in light of eternity. Mm. And we can easily get off track in that. And what you were talking right. about there is the way some people get off track is they see this this world as the end-all, be-all, and we got to make right. it the best we right. can right, right now. Right. And it's just, that's not a healthy way right. to live. Right. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I'll close with here when he says this. He says, we want a whole race perpetually in pursuit of the rainbow's end, never honest, nor kind, nor happy now but always using as mere fuel wherewith to heap the altar of the future, every real gift which is offered them in the present. We are willing to give up all of the things that God gives us in the present. And we're willing to sacrifice them because we are in pursuit of something in the future that is never going to come. But we're willing to sacrifice right now for that. Mm -hmm. And what Jesus says is that right now we should sacrifice for something that is eternal yeah. and true, not simply something that we may be dreaming up with our fancies in our right, mind. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, think the, the promises of eternity and the blessings that we will have, you know, seeing God, seeing Christ face to face, kind of put into perspective some of the things of this earth mm-hmm. that we. Uh, you know, are tempted to build up, yeah. Such as you sure. know, career, wealth, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it really. Uh, uh, this is in Colossians, I think, but uh, Colossians three, maybe. Um, that we're supposed to focus on the eternal things, the heavenly things, mm-hmm. and not so much the earthly things. Where Christ is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I think when we get to heaven, part of us is going to look back and say, I can't believe we got out of there. <laughs> really. I think whenever we get to the new heavens and the new earth and we experience utter perfection, mm. we're going to realize, wow, mm. it's amazing. It really was God's providence. We got out of there yeah. alive. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, really, I yeah. think there's so many think things right. we don't see going that, you know, just, you know, anyway, I just think that's going to be, it just shows us why we should trust God mm-hmm. um, and, and not ourselves. Yeah. So, okay. Well, thanks guys for talking with me um, and talking together about this, uh, this letter. We're going to be next week. We'll be looking at letter 16 of the screw table letter. So we're going to continue our series letter 16, and we're going to do some talk about church hopping. So, um, should be fun. All right. Thanks, sir. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Take care and God bless.